You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, guys? Jose Youngs with MMAfighting.com here with another episode of the A-Side Live Chat. Uh, as you can see, I'm not in Phoenix. I'm technically on vacation. But there was a big fight last week, so I couldn't deprive any of our fantastic listeners of our crystals as PT holds up his crystals. We got Jose Shorty Torres rejoining us. We had a lot of positive Ooh. feedback the last time he was on. People have been asking. He got his, <laughs> what are we, what are you holding up? I was like, this is the only thing naked wild honey, American staff. All right. Hey man, I'll take it. We got a lot of positive feedback. The last time Shorty was on, he had a lot of excellent insight as a fighter who both fought in the UFC and left the UFC. So, uh, we f- thought it was only fitting that he rejoins us. He's trained with a couple of the guys that actually fought at UC 248. Uh, even one that uh, was in a little bit of a war. Uh, may- one might even say one of the greatest fights of all time. So I'm sure he'll have uh, some thoughts on the matter. Of course, PT's with me. Uh, so PT, I'll start with you. What's What's been going on with you lately? You weren't you had a week off as when we did the extra live A side last week. It wasn't a week off. It was two days off, all right? Let's relax sure. there on that one, okay? Sure. Jesus. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to come to terms with these coronavirus updates. I mean, if you, if you haven't seen today, the European scene has pretty much been ravaged by this. The 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 last two events standing for March, uh, major events anyway, are, are pretty much Cage Warriors and... Um, Cage Warriors and UFC London next week. They they are the last two that have have completely kind of kept their 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 structure as an event. Uh, we've seen KSW fall off. Aries at the start of April has fallen off. AFL, a new promotion in Spain, has fallen off. So really, it's like it's like how 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 much more will um how much more will go before uh, this thing passes? Um, and when will it pass? Shorty, what's been going on with you since the last we saw you? I know you have a big fight uh, coming up, so how's the body feeling right now? Well, hopefully my fight's still coming up. Again, this coronavirus <laughs> is is crazy. That We actually just received an email uh, sometime last week saying five days before you leave, you need to test with the coronavirus because we're not at all letting people in the, inside the country with something that, that might be passed around. So Brazil is taking literally every single measure to make sure that no one is, is contagious, whatever the case may be, but... Man, I'm good. Obviously, my eyes doing a little better, but somehow I always get yeah. some type of Velcro. I always get beat up. I'm that guy. You flick me, I start bleeding somehow, some way. Uh, but man, I'm feeling great. Two and a half weeks. Uh, we're talking off air. It's like, do I want the event to be canceled because I could eat now, or do I kind of hold two and a half more weeks? So I'm trying my best to to not mentally break with the food and uh, keep on pushing. Well, I'm sure we'll have more thoughts on the coronavirus. Uh, we had a lot of questions. We had one question about it last time from uh, Mr. Ed. Uh, so, But without further ado, Casey, the man in the back, load up that first question from our beautiful listeners. Oh, and before I do that, I will want to say if anyone wants to add their question as we go, you can use hashtag the A-side on Twitter, or you can go on MAFighting.com and leave your question there, and we can get to it. But for now, Casey, what do we got? Okay, first question coming up. Uh, <laughs> From Milo of Croton, or Croton, I know, long time commenter, I always never know if I pronounce uh, that correctly, but worse for Adesanya than people think. Hi, guys. I'm wondering if Israel's performance against Romero is worse for him than people think. Firstly, we've now seen Izzy at, at two extremes all action fights against Gaslam and his snooze fest against Romero. Having two extremes and watching them back to back, it starts to become easy to see his feints and setups. Is more is more of a blueprint out on Izzy than people realize. It seems a savvy coach last fighter can help pick him apart easier. Secondly, are there any are there now some matchups which won't sell well? For example, a potential matchup for Izzy versus Till seems like it could be quite dull. I don't just dis- I disagree with that completely. Granted, you might consider it a high level striking, but it also seems to involve a lot of stalemate between two primarily counter strikers. So the Romero fight might hurt his future stock more than people are letting on think. So yes, 
uh, gentlemen, I'm sure both of you watched, uh, Israel Adesanya successfully defended his middleweight championship against Joel Romero in a fight that, uh, I don't want to say it was, Dana White called it terrible. I want to say it didn't live up to the ex- the the hype and the expectation and the excitement, especially Israel Adesanya saying he wants to finish Joel, Joel Romero, as we were talking off air, basically was giving people motivational speeches every single chance he got leading up to that fight. We really thought he was going to come out and get it. That is not the case of what happened. I disagree with this uh, this commenter on the Darren Till statement. I don't think really think the blueprint is out there just yet. But again, people seem to think. The Gaslam fight happens, and then the Romero fight happens. They seem to forget that he basically just decapitated Robert Whitaker in the middle of those two fights. People seem to be forgetting that fight. So, Shorty, I'll start with you. You're down. You trained down ATT Yolo Romero's uh, gym. Uh, what did What did you make of the fight as it was playing out? Were you us knowing Yoel's style? Were you surprised at how it played out? Um, I was a little surprised because this was more less days ago than what UL usually does. He's still 40, still this. But when you got a guy who's as funky as, you know, Adesanya, you just never know what's going to happen. You you do want to play it safe. But as a fighter who already has had two title shots and has lost both of them, this is possibly your last title shot at, what, 42 years old? You kind of have to go for broke and say, why not? Especially with such your, your, your explosive power and you want Izzy to kind of open up, then, yeah, you have to be a little active. But if you don't do anything... Honestly, as as a fighter, as a champion, I talked to Tyre Woodley about this before he fought uh, Kamaru Usman. He goes, I don't care if I'm exciting. I don't care if fans like me or not. I have the belt, and then I'm making the money because of it. It's the same thing with Izzy. No matter how he performed, he won the fight. But as a fan and as a true fan of both fighters, that wasn't exciting whatsoever. You know, you, you look at it as even if you're not the educated fan, you're like, dude, this is boring. They're getting paid this much money to, what, stand around and look like, what is that one meme? It's kind of like learning the, uh, <laughs> the buttons on. on yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning the controls of the like video game. kind of like moving back and forth. And, yeah, it looks boring. But as a fighter who's getting paid double if you win, who's getting paid more through sponsors if you win, or has more opportunity in the future, a win's a win regardless. But you have to look at both styles. Yoel is so explosive and so awkward, you never know what's going to happen. And he's a wrestler knocking people out constantly. But then you have Izzy who can literally hit you with like a three-piece, and you never know what angle it's coming from. So both of them playing it safe makes a lot of sense. But fan-wise, it's, it's really disappointing. Pete, what did you make of this situation? I know you kind of sh- shook your head when someone, when this commenter said the Darren t- potential Darren Till fight uh, might be a snooze fest. But uh, what did you make of what, uh, as someone who's who's interviewed that camp, then you 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 were right there when he fought Robert Whitaker. Uh, I can't imagine you thought the fight would go this way. But what were your initial thoughts when it was actually playing out in front of you? I completely agree with what Shorty said. You know, like, it wasn't the most entertaining fight in the world. Absolutely. Look, we all, we all can agree on that. But it's so indicative of the MMA fan base to just completely start writing a guy off. You know, it, it's not even if he lost a fight. He just hasn't done a fucking spinning back kick to his face and nearly killed the guy to finish the fight. You know, like, I feel like every time this happens, I mean, it, it's such a flip-flop fan base. Like, I mean... This guy is one of the brightest stars in the whole organization. And next of all, we're going, oh, we, we know all his tricks now. You know, he's done as far as we're concerned. You know, look, having seen what Yoel has done to guys over the years, like Shorty, Shorty mentioned it. Like, he's one, he's a one-hit quitter. If he catches you with one of those uh, with knees, any of his limbs that seem to be hurtling through the sky at the time, you're going to sleep. So if you're Israel Adesanya, a guy who's got the world at his feet, and you're fighting this guy that that is apparently the worst matchup for you in the division, I, I can't really blame him for being a bit more conservative. As far as the tail fight, as far as the Costa fight, if you're not interested in them, you're not an MMA fan. They would be <laughs> absolutely unbelievable fights. I would I would shit the bed if either of those fucking fights were announced. I, I just don't understand how we're all... We've gone from... We, we were sitting around a table in Melbourne, myself, Casey, and Esther, and we were glowing after that fight against Whitaker. We were saying this guy has injected so much energy into the sport again. A brand new star with a completely different vibe. Um, he's representing a, a different types of cultures, like, like yourself, uh, the comic book fans there, Jose. But, I mean, he, he brings a lot to the table. And for us to be already saying, look, he's on bought time now, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, like when any other sport, people can have bad games, but you still support the team. I don't understand why that doesn't cross over to MMA and, and support the fighters. And you know, you know what this sounds like, it, especially because they fought each other, and it's Silva back in the day. 
Yeah. And Silva yes. had amazing fights. And then there's fights, man. It were they were just so boring. You're like, that's it. People saw them. He's nothing. He's not impressive. And then the next fight, he knocks someone out. The next fight, he knocks someone out. <laughs> then he has a boring fight. Then he knocks another person out. So again, it really depends how things play out. Shorty, I want to ask you this specifically. When you hear uh, the the question, who's to blame? Uh, as a fighter, is like, what do you think? Like Dana White's like, I don't blame Yoel Romero. I don't blame Israel Adesanya. This is Yoel Romero's fault. And Apollo <laughs> Costa comes out and he goes, well, I don't blame Yoel Romero. It's clearly Israel Adesanya's fault. So as a fighter, uh, what what do you make of these comments from uh, fellow fighters and promoters trying to quote unquote place blame on a fight? For me, I think there's going to be blame on everyone. And, and and me, I'm a very critical fighter on myself. So if I lost the fight, it's because I lost the fight. Yeah, the opponent might be better than me. But in that fight, Yoel never tried anything to signify and, and really solidify his win. He's like, oh, I won. Uh, what was it? I think he said he's like, I won rounds one, three, and five. Well, you didn't really prove it to us. I can maybe see you winning one because you threw a punch or two. I think you landed three strikes out of the whole round and Izzy didn't really land any. But after that, you just played it safe. So for him to come out and say, I won and put all these speeches up on Twitter and do this and do that, it's like, one, the fight's already over. Two, the only person you have to blame is yourself because there's nothing more you did. You should have went all out and go, hey, at least I lost at my best compared to not really doing anything. This is the first time I ever saw you all Romero stand up after the fight. Usually, right yeah. after his fights, he's on his knees, he's bending over, he's exhausted because he's trying. This one, he's just like, I'm good, I'm dancing, I'm doing all these things. Then why don't you do that during the fight? And that, and that's my biggest thing. Again, I, I, I love him to death, and I think he's a phenomenal fighter. But putting blame on any, everyone else, I believe it's the fighter individually that should put the blame on. Well said. Uh, I, don't ag- I don't agree with Milo of Croton's uh, saying this will hurt Israel Adesanya's stock. I think more people would be intrigued to see him, see what kind of performance he has when he comes back. He might not. Maybe, maybe this performance wasn't what would, a lot of the narrative, like, oh, Israel Adesanya could be the next superstar, like crossover star that we see, like a Ronda or a Connor. Maybe this isn't the performance they needed, uh, but I, as PT nailed it, if no, like, Paulo Costa or Darren Till, like, those fights are going to be absolute bangers. I can't imagine Israel Adesanya has many fights in his future, like we saw on Saturday, unless he does get stuck with a uh, another wrestler who doesn't want to engage. But uh, we can talk about this all 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 episode. Uh, but there's a whole lot of fights on that card. So for now, Pete Casey, what do we got for our next question? Question number two from Grin N, another longtime commenter, Edson Barbosa. What are your thoughts on Edson Barbosa requesting his release from the UFC? And if granted, what MMA promotion would you like to see him compete next? Well, Shorty, I think this is an excellent question for you to answer. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe Edson Barbosa has some time down ATT2. I know he's been at Mark Henry. Uh, but apparently over the weekend, well, not even apparently, he did. Over the weekend, he re- he requested his release from the UFC on Twitter. Uh, one of the he's been he's been a staple of the lightweight division for so long. I mean, you'd go down the list of people he's fought beaten and lost to it's like a who's who like he's lost to cowboy and gaichi and habib but then he has wins over dan hooker and uh he's 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 looked pretty he's lost tony ferguson i thought that was one of the more underrated fights on his resume in terms of an actual war but beat anthony i believe he beat anthony pettis i believe he's beaten gilbert burns i'm not gilbert burns gilbert melendez uh this is all the time i had but he's been in the ufc for quite a long time so shorty i'll start with you uh, what do you make of Edson Barbosa requesting his re- release from the UFC? And which promotion would you like to see him in? Uh, Promotion-wise, I think for him and what a lot of UFC fighters have been doing is, you know, bumping over to Bellator. And they've been getting paid so much better. I mean, look at Sergio Pettis. Look at mm-hmm. Cyborg. Look at all these people. Um, what's what's uh, uh, Bader as well? Like, they're making so much more money. And they're happy at an older age, which is even better for them as well. But you look at Edson Barboza, who's been in this sport, in that promotion for years. He has pretty much made a staple for himself. He's made his name. So no matter what promotion he fights for, whether it's Combat America, it's Brave, KSW, Bellator, Ryzen, whatever the case may be, he's going to be a stockable market. Like, he has people to, to follow him all over the world. I can tell you this. In person, I don't talk to him every single day, but I see him right now. It looks like he's dropping down to a different weight class. Like, when you look at him, he's already 155. He's Damn. already at lightweight. I'm just like, dude, are you, are you fighting soon? Like, is there something I don't know? And sometimes you always try to get it out of them. But he already, he's, dude, he's walking around like if he's 155. He is skinny already. He is jacked. And I'm just like, 
are you are you dropping down the featherweight? Like, what are your plans? And he's telling no one. So I have no clue what he's doing. <laughs> but he, like, again, I come back at, you know, from camp, like, 165, 160, 170 on, on if I'm living my best life. So for, <laughs> for me to be in camp and, like, slowly start dropping down, it usually means I'm planning for something. Him, he's already at weight pretty much. They told him tomorrow or this weekend the fight in Brazil, he would make weight at lightweight, no problem. So I don't know what he has planned, but I can see him doing something big very, very soon. PG, what are your thoughts on young, not even young, uh, Mr. Edson Barbosa requesting his relief? And uh, one promotion I think story says PFL. Uh, a lot of UFC fighters, just ju- former UFC fighters, just jumped over to that tournament. So uh, yeah. if he is indeed dropping the featherweight, maybe Edson Barbosa thinks he could tear through that featherweight tournament and win that million-dollar grand prize. So, but PT, what do you make of Edson Barbosa's uh, request to be released? Um, look, I, I can kind of understand it from Edson's position. I think he is scaled to the top of the division and always just fell at that hurdle, that final hurdle. Um, I feel as though maybe he's thinking, like, what, what is the point of me taking another run at this? Um, as we talked about before with Shorty, I think creating competition between the promotions is how you make your money in MMA as a fighter. I think you've got to create some kind of, um, you know, uh, this guy's offering me more money than this guy. But just from what Shorty said there, what what about one FC or some one championship? They obviously have a lighter criteria. You have to be within a hydration level uh, to compete at lightweight. Maybe that's what he's thinking about. There's a lot of good fights over there with Foley Yang, uh, Alvarez, guys like that. It would be great to see him over there. But I, I think any promotion will be happy to have a, a fighter of his caliber. He's absolutely tremendous. I mean, if he wants to stay at lightweight or even move up, I mean, there's a lot of fun fights at Bellator. There's a lot of fun fights. Like, throw him in a rising Roman, like sign him yeah. with Bellator, have those cross promotions with Ryzen. I would. Edson Barbosa is one of the most exciting lightweights in the world. Yes, he's lost to the elite of the. Like I was looking at his while Shorty was talking, I was trying to look up his resume just so I could confirm. Like the only like he's one in four in his last five fights, but he's only lost to Felder, Gaethje, Kevin Lee, and Habib, and then he basically decimated Dan Hooker. Like that was the culmination of a beatdown on that card in Milwaukee. So, uh, quote, he's not losing. To like the he's losing to the top five at lightweight. He's not losing to like like Joe Schmoes. He's losing to the champion or people who are former champions in other promotions or people who just main evented cards. So uh, I think Edson Barbosa is going to be a valuable asset for whoever he signs with. And then and it's a smart thing for him to be like, you know what? Honestly, I've lost to the best guys, and there's multiple of the best guys that I've lost to. I'm not going to make another run at it. Either let's drop another weight class or go to a different promotion and possibly be more successful that way. And I think that's really, really smart by him and even easier for the UFC to be like, you know what? We respect you. You've been here for long enough. Have a good life. Maybe he just doesn't want to sit around for a while and wait for his – maybe he doesn't have a contract anymore. And he's waiting for his, to, for that, that period of time where he can go sign yeah. somewhere else. Or maybe the UFC just doesn't have anything for him because like, look, looking at his resume – the only people he's lost to are Jamie Varner at 146. That was that famous one where Jamie Varner took it on short notice and handed Edson Barbosa his first L. But after that, he's only lost to Cerrone, Michael Johnson, Tony Ferguson, Habib, Kevin Lee, Gaethje, and Felder. So he's oh my clearly at that point where he's not going to be he, – he, he probably won't be champion, but he can basically beat anyone 5 through 15. And maybe the UFC just doesn't want someone not fighting for the title, knocking off all of these contenders. But I'd for now, Bellator, to be honest. I would love. I'll see. I'll watch Edson Barbosa fight anyway. But for now, Casey, what do we got for our next question? <clears throat> Thank you, Grin N, for the question. By the way, I forgot. I forgot that happened after all the chaos of last week. Did what happened? What was the question? Oh, Bellator 241. I think uh, this is a specific question for Pizzi, considering all the work he's done. But Liren Ben Naraya, first-time commenter. I don't recognize this name. What is going to be the surprise fight of the night? You guys are not allowed to pick the main or co-main because they're both guaranteed to be insane. So, yes, Bellator 241 is coming up at that that. That gasp of that exasperated gas is Pizzi uh, say because I we everyone that knows Pizzi knows he's going to pick the main event between P- Patricio Pitbull and Pedro Carvalho, who he's done a number of a, a lot of legwork on. I hear him and Guy have this excellent piece coming out uh, with Pitbull and Carvalho, which I'm, I've read a little bit of and I'm very excited for everyone else to read. But Pizzi, I'll start with you. Outside of the main and co-main, <laughs> which fight are you most excited for? 
I'm looking forward to seeing Nick Newell again and stuff. But how can you say it? How can you ask me this question and ask me to go anywhere <laughs> but the main event there? This is huge. This is big for us. We don't we don't get many Europeans fighting for world titles for Christ's sake. This is a huge fight for us. Um, look, Paul Daly's fighting. He's he's unbelievable too. He's one of my favorites to watch. Um, but look, this is really challenging. I'm not gonna lie. You've really hurt my feelings by putting me in a box with this question. Um, I'm looking through the card now. Um, I, I love watching Mike Kimball too. I think he's built up a lot of beef as well with James Gallagher and stuff like that. He doesn't quite have the experience um, yet to probably get that fight, but um, very interested to watch him. He scored some beautiful knockouts earlier in his career. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I know I'm picking individuals here rather than fights, but um, you've caught me off guard, right? You've stumped me. I'm sorry. Whoever asked the question, congratulations. Damn it. Shorty, I don't know how much you're right. paying attention I'm, to this card, but what do you I'm, got? I'm a little. I just pulled it up, and it's crazy because there's one of the guys that train here, which is uh, Sabah Hamasi, and yeah. he's been, you know, uh, you know, he had his Bellator debut, he had a success, uh, successful Bellator debut, and he's doing his thing. But he is a banger, and when you see he fights, whether he's winning or losing, he's either knocking someone out or getting knocked out. So when you face Paul Daly, like that's pretty much the same exact thing. Paul Daly, even when he fought MVP, like he was trying to go, but. You got a guy just like Yoel versus Izzy. You just never know what's going to happen. So you kind of pick your shots a little more appropriately. I think these guys, there's going to be no respect whatsoever. Like, yeah, they're going to be like, okay, you can crack, but let's see who's going to crack harder. And I think that's easily going to be a knockout. It's not, it's not going past the first round. I was about to say that just just before Shorty there. That was my pick. I swear to God. Yeah, it, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's dibs. No, it's it's those that like. And I'm watching him spar and like do these practices and even do mitt work. Like it's literally nothing but haymakers. That's ex- that's exactly Ooh. what I'm expecting from Paul Daly as well. Is he a southpaw or orthodox, Shorty? I, I that one I don't know because of how he strikes. I'm pretty sure they're just gonna oh go at God. it from whatever stance they landed. Oh wow. I'm excited. I'm gonna one. say, <laughs> I'm gonna say Leslie Smith returns on this card too. Uh, former UFC fighter, former one of the these fighters that's really more the outspoken, uh, not male or female, about starting this union. So it seems like whenever she fights, it's we everyone ha- t- tunes in just to see how she performs. She obviously had that uh, split with the UFC that was not what's the word? A little act. There was I'm a lot of negativity. And not an amicable split. So, but she's on the preliminary card. Leandro Higo returns as you said. How have Noel they not fights, done the rematch? So. How have they not done the rematch with Leslie Smith and Schneid Kavanagh yet? That was an absolute war. That was an unbelievable fight. Like, I mean, and it was a close fight, and it got everyone on both sides of the border. You had the Americans saying we won the fight. The Europeans going, Schneid won the fight. It was an unbelievable fight to watch. How are they not doing that again? It's hurting my feelings. Do it in Ireland. Come on. It was in Houston well, they do as have well. That. They have that card in Dublin in October, right? So maybe she wins this one. They yeah, run it back in Ireland. Or, or loses. She run, they run it back in Ireland. Maybe she just wanted to keep fighting. Uh, Matt Mitrione fights Hani Marks. Like, I believe that was supposed to be Josh Barnett before Matt Mitrione stepped up. So that's always a fun fight. So, But as as PT said, it's not really fair because that main event is unbelievable. And then Dan Weichel fights on the co-main, right? Doesn't he have like... 50-something fights, like 52, 51 fights in his career. Uh, I think 30 of them are title fights as well. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm even, I'm even looking at, like, Paul Daly. Paul Daly is 42, 17, and 2. Like, how do you even <laughs> get that many fights? He has more knockouts than anyone, I think, in Europe. Like, his knockout record is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it, it's crazy. And he's been doing it He's been doing it for, like, 20 years or something. Like, it's insane. Well, what it, is... Uh, ridiculous. What is Pedro Carvalho's record? I think he's like 11 and three, but it's his run in Bellator that's it's got really exciting because he's put together four big wins and he's come out of nowhere, right? So nobody yeah. really knew much about Pedro and they signed about 70,000 SPG fighters and he's the guy who's come out of nowhere and now he's fighting for this title. I think his story is unbelievable. He is an 18-month-year-old kid at home. He's never He's barely spent any time with him because he's just been training to get to this belt. Unbelievable. And definitely look out for that uh, feature with Guilherme because we asked Patricio and Pedro to ask each other five questions and those boys did not hold back. It is straight torture in those questions. It's unbelievable. I can't wait till it goes out. Paul Paul Daly has 31 knockouts. (laughs) Two two submissions, which is hilarious to me, and only nine decisions. (laughs) Like, that's so we're talking. He's not not appreciated. 
He's not appreciated really over not. here the way he should be. Like, I mean, the, the way people worship Till um, and stuff like this. Like, this guy's been doing it since before most of these fans were born, and he's still doing it. And if you, at uh, the way you've, um, you've, you've sold that fight for me now, I'm nearly looking forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to Carvalho and Pitbull, to be honest. Dude, he, like, he's 37 I, years old. That's like three careers right there. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? It really is. It's, it's insane. He's amazing. And he, I think he's a retail, he's a property developer as well. I wouldn't Something like that. I was yeah. going to say, like, Carvalho, if he has 11 wins, which means Patricio has 11 submission wins in his career and 10 knockouts, which basically means he has more stoppage wins than Carvalho has total fights. But then all of a sudden you hear, like, how many knockouts did you say Paul Daly had, Shorty? He has 31. 31, which means he has more knockouts than Patricio Pitbull has just wins in general. That's crazy. <laughs> He's a psycho. That's, that's unbelievable. He's the best left hook in mixed martial arts, I think. His left hook is incredible. And I don't know, lands, man. I, I heard, I heard, I heard Dan Hardy talking about this, and he was like... Like people say, oh yeah, he's got a good left hook, but he like he literally cleaned out a training room back in the roughhouse days in Nottingham. He said he cleaned the whole place out just like dropping lads. Like he, he's so unbelievable power in that. The original left hook, Larry. That's it. Oh well, Leon, I'm not starting any beef. I'm not starting any beef. <laughs> oh, he's left well, elbow. Sorry. Yeah, the original left hook, Larry, was Michael Bisping. Make them fight. Come out of retirement, Bisping. Sign for Bellator. Daily versus Bisping. That's what I want to see. I was Jesus. like, will they let him fight now? Technically, since since it's been shown that he only has one eye, like does that? Um, yes, yes, they will. <laughs> Isn't that the, is it the eye that left hook is going to be coming in on too? Oh huh. wow! Give him a cyborg guy. Give him a cyborg yeah, sure. guy. That's sure, right. sure. Yeah, you. That can happen. Anyway, Pete Casey, what do we got for our next question? Thank you for the first-time commenter, too. I always like to hear Beautiful from Beautiful song out of Casey there as well. A bit of do-do-do. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. From Modelo. Who's this question from? I don't see well, a, a I tagged them both. Like, there's another one that doesn't have the full thing. Oh, yeah, I see it. From it. Curtis Street, at Curtis Street. Uh, he replied. He wrote this out and then screenshot Word document. It were, Word document job. Yeah, he wrote in a Word document, screenshot it, and then pa- pasted it the photo in the in the tweet just so we could get the whole thing and so Modelo curse Modelo has been sponsoring UFC athletes over the past year every athlete that has been sponsored by Modelo has suffered a significant blow to their career right after being sponsored most recently Emily Whitmire UFC 248 uh, what do you think of the Modelo curse and should athletes turn down sponsorships for, from them to protect their career and future earnings and then he lists some of the all the Modelo sponsored athletes so Modelo sponsored athlete, Stipe before he got KO'd by DC, Wyden before UC 230, KO'd by Jacques Ray, Felice Harry before losing to Michelle Watterson, Nico Montano before weight cut and title issues, Frank Yeager before being KO'd by Brian Ortega, Ioannian Jajic before second fight with Rose, Tatiana Suarez before a fight with Nina Ansaroff, and before neck injury kept her out of the octagon. So, gentlemen, it seems like Pizzi, I don't have to tell you you're the biggest American football fan on on MMA fighting. Uh, there's this thing we call the Madden curse that I don't I I know Shorty Torres has heard of it, where for a long stretch of time, every athlete that was on the cover of Madden, something would terrible would happen in their career. Like if it, whether it was Sean Alexander or Dante Culpepper or like Mike Vick, Brett Favre, like everyone would like get hurt or they'd have the worst year of their life the next year <laughs> it seems like modello is now the modello curse of the ufc Shorty, I'll basically, start what you're telling me is, basically what you're telling me is don't play football don't be on the madden cover <laughs> don't don't hang out with drake and don't share some modellos with him that's pretty much how it is like, i can't do those those three things automatically so let's just take those out of the bucket list completely it's it's a horrible coincidence, but I still think right now Modelo's doing a lot better than Corona. Um, overall, <laughs> overall, dude, that sucks. I didn't even know about the Modelo stuff. That's huh. <laughs> uh, Pizza, you take it over. I don't. I don't even know. I have a feeling that Shorty's got a Modelo contract on his table there, and he's taking some serious <laughs> consideration now. Um. <laughs> 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 I don't know. 
I don't know. All I know is it tastes like piss. I had a few bottles over in the US. I was not happy with it. It, it was not good. Um, so I, I would avoid those sponsorships anyway. Just get a Guinness sponsorship. Put on a few pounds and enjoy life. That's what I'd say. Hey, I wouldn't hate it, but that's pretty unbelievable. I didn't realize that was all. I keep like some of these people I remember it happened to, but it's been stretched out for so long. Now, well, now I, I just want to see proper. I just want to see proper twelve start like marketing to where they're sponsoring athletes and see if they have the same curse. They're sponsoring well, Toys and Fury, right? Uh, I think they just. I don't know. We're trying to. We're working on a Guinness sponsorship from a uh, Eurobash co-host, Noel McGrath, at the moment. Um, so we're just trying to get him in a bit of shape so we can we can get him on the ads and stuff. Get his six pack Ooh. back from when he was fourteen. Oh, uh, you know. Oh, you know. There's an ongoing beef here. Every week on Eurobash, every week on the A side, he's throwing darts at each other, lads. You need to calm down. We don't need an MMA fighting civil war. Increase the peace. As I said a million times. Why would I have beef with one of my students? Like, I'm not just gonna. I like. I'm literally leading. I'm literally taking this. I'm literally taking this man by his hand and leading him through the treacherous waters of life and being like, Nile, it's okay, it's okay. Like they're not gonna hurt you. And then all of a sudden, I have beef. Like I don't understand it. That's on his part, not me. Anyway, Casey, what do we got? <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, they need to get involved. Guinness need to start getting involved. I'm sure they would have tried to get involved with Connor at some stage if he hadn't launched his own oh, sure. uh, liquor or whatever. But um, unfortunately for him, he has earned lots of money off that. So I doubt that's going to ever happen. I mean, does Shorty, Monster have get... the same type of curse, though? Like, Ioana yeah, just lost. Cerrone just lost. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is sponsored by Monster that... that yeah, I mean, given, I know they're kind of like 50-50 there, but they sponsor well, a lot of high-level athletes. Body armor had that first. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. France and Ghana didn't lose his Ganu, fight. Cody yet. Garbrandt. Uh, Michelle. Who's the third uh, one? Or uh, the fourth? Cynthia. Cynthia. Paige Van Zandt, yeah. And since, well, Francis Ngannou knocked out Overeem his very next fight and then lost to Steve Bay. So he's the only one that won, but then he lo- he had his first L like right after uh, in the UFC. So, yeah, you're not wrong, Casey. Uh, but, Shorty, real quick, if you could get sponsored by a drink, which one would you want? I mean, oh, good I, question. If, I, if, that was, if that was the curse, by the way, I'd be scared to approach Francis Ngannou. That's why it took a whole fight later. But for me, <laughs> I would personally – like, and it's funny because I saw him walk around, Hans, the guy who's been, like, kicking all the drinks and food away from people. Yeah. He's, he's like, the marketing director for Monson. I'm always oh, just like, I'm on camp, yeah. what's up, buddy? How you doing? Right. Hey, you want to kick me? I'll, I'll take a kick in. Like, oh, let's do it. So that that's one of my things. And plus, I'm one of those guys that I wake up. I'm just, I'm, like, uh, a constant college student where I wake up 10 minutes right before class, chug down whatever coffee, Monster Energy drink, and just go. So I need something to wake me up quick. And for me... I'm one of those sugar-free monster guys. I'm not even. I'm not even sponsored by them, and I'm plugging them right now. Monster, I love you. Please, hello. Do it, Hans. Make <laughs> it happen. Come on. Christ Come on, that. Hans. Let's make it happen. We get him some all kinds of like people watching the show. Let's get Shorty a monster and a, a oh, sugar-free yeah. monster energy. Sugar-free monster. That's all I need. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. he's the face of sugar-free monster. That'd be brilliant. The A side makes dreams happen, though. So let's do it. Casey, what do we got for our next question? That is the same question. Ah, oh, come on, Casey. God damn it, Casey. <laughs> That's absolutely my fault. That's absolutely my fault. It's Pete's fault. <laughs> Even I can make mistakes. From Sean Denny, Denny Rant. Uh, hashtag the A side. How does this week rank for Euro MMA after the blow of so many events being canceled or, fi- or fights being rematched? I assume this is a shot shot, uh, aimed at Pizzi. So, Pizzi, what do you make of all these events being uh, canceled? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's getting worse and worse every day. Obviously, there's a big multiplier effect with the coronavirus. um, So, things are getting... Okay, so... Okay, they're postponing the Six Nations Rugby Tournament, which is the biggest 
Vegas tournament in in Europe. That that's all been postponed. Um, they've postponed Serie A, the Italian Soccer League, which is absolutely huge. They have postponed a Premier League match in England tonight between Manchester City and Arsenal. Um, Italy is completely shut down. Uh, they have 10,000 confirmed cases there and I think around 700 deaths. Um, nobody is allowed in or out of the country. Paddy Pimblett's opponent for next weekend's Cage Warriors event has not been able to gain um, exit from the country to compete at that event. Um, look, it, it seems to be getting very bad. Um, the UK haven't really put a lot of these um, these event bans in place like many of the other countries have. And to be honest, there, there is a bit of backlash there. Like Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister from England, came out yesterday and he said, look, we're probably all going to get it anyway. It's going to have to pass through the population. And uh, a lot of people weren't very happy with that. Like, I mean, when, when you consider... Uh, Cheltenham is on now. It's a big horse racing meet. It's an outdoor event, and they expect a quarter of a million people to go to that event over the the four days it's on. There's already 14 confirmed cases in Cheltenham, I believe. Um, like it, it's just getting very, very dangerous. And, and look, this next weekend is meant to be one of the best weekends for European MMA in a long, long time. We had KSW 53. That's been cancelled. Um, as we said earlier, the Cage, Warrior, Cage Warriors have lost um, Paddy Pimblett's opponent. The biggest name for Cage Warriors is Paddy Pimblett. And uh, they've managed to draft in a replacement in Decky Dalton. So that's still staying together. But with, with the fact that everything is growing, uh, the multitude, like, I mean, the, the gravity of this situation is getting so much worse every day. I'm not fully confident that UFC London's going to happen next weekend or in the way it's meant to happen with 20,000 people at the O2 there. Like, this is insane. Um, it's nothing that I've ever seen before in my life. It, it reminds me of, like, reading about things like the the Black Death from centuries ago where it's just completely overwhelming everybody. Um, you know, look, hopefully Cage Warriors goes ahead Um UFC goes ahead, but we've already lost KSW 53 in Poland. We've lost uh, Aries Fighting Championship, with a lot, which a lot of UFC veterans are signing for. They were meant to have uh, an event in Brussels in early April. That's gone. And uh, AFL, a Spanish promotion, has also cancelled their Valkyries event, which is meant to happen on March 14th. So it's not looking good. The, the UK's policy seems to be keeping this alive rather than uh, when, when you compare it to other countries. So Hopefully it stays together. Hopefully it goes well. Um, hopefully Leon Edwards, who has been waiting for this opportunity to fight a really top-tier fighter, gets his opportunity to do that because that would be an absolute disaster. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers on my toes. I'm hoping for the best. But um, it's not a good situation. And and if it means people are going to be safer, maybe, maybe it's the best thing to do. I really don't know. Well... Anything you want to add, Shorty? Or is PT basically just... Well, no. I mean, PT is 100% there. And he he's experiencing this whole thing. But as a fighter, I think it sucks because of rankings, making money. Like, for me, if Brave gets canceled in, for March 28th in Brazil, that's three months down the drain in a sense. Whether they postpone it two more weeks, a month, or postpone it six months, it messes up the whole flyweight tournament, messes up my event. And me, I haven't fought since April. So I haven't been physically paid since April, almost a whole year. So for other fighters who are, you know, enduring wow. that type of struggle or get paid that much less to where they need to fight every two, three months, this is people's livelihoods. You know, I know I know the stock market's crashing. I know people are obviously businesses are losing money, but as a fighter, we are our own business. And we don't know, hell, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow sometimes. You know, so for me to be able to go, cool, I'm fighting March 28th and have plans already set up for that. Maybe a month break of, you know, seeing my family doing this, doing whatever the case may be. The coronavirus and the, the event possibly being canceled would be just horrible and change up my whole year, really. And now it's less time to train, less time to spend with family, less time to do different business ventures, but more time with you guys. So it doesn't really matter to me. You know what? I, I, I take this. And next yeah, time I can be here for with a championship. Forget fighting for I a hope he doesn't get his fight. <laughs> next time, next time I could be here with a burger, a pizza, and a monster. There you go. Ooh, yes, nice sugar-free monster. Sugar <laughs> there you go. Dude, aces right now. It's it's funny though because uh, before we came on air, Casey was saying like he he raised a concern about this last week. And people are like, what are you talking about, mate? The world is in, like, it's a pandemic now. Like, I mean, it's it's shutting down nations. People in Italy can't leave their houses without permission, basically. You know, it, it, it's going crazy. So um, it's, a, it's a real thing to be concerned about, guys. Like, I mean, um, 
I, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I'm ready to go to UFC London. I love all the fights on the card. I can't wait for it. It will be uh, devastating for the fan base if it doesn't go down, as well as Cage Warriors. Um, but, you know, it's completely out of our hands at this stage. The World Health Organization are saying that they don't even know if, if the European soccer championships are going to happen in June. They're saying they don't believe it's going to be contained by June. This is the big, one of the biggest tournaments, sporting tournaments in the world. And they're like, we don't know in three months' time if this is going to be okay. That, that is very serious, man. Huge. Yeah, well, today we got the confirmation that it was cancelled. Um, yesterday, I was getting phone calls from, um, you know, people very close to the situation. And they, they were basically telling me, it's definitely going to be off. Uh, then I contacted KSW and they were like, look, we're trying to make this happen. We're going to try and see if we can do it behind doors or something like that. But then, of course, today uh, they have confirmed that the event has been cancelled. And it was a great event. Like Roberto Saldich, one of the great European prospects, an uber prospect from Croatia, was set to defend his belt against uh, Marius Aramskis. Uh, some uh, Matthew Gamrot was meant to come back, one of the great European fighters. Michael Materla, so many great guys on this card. And um, obviously they were trying everything they could to put on this event in Lodz, Poland, but it, it's not going to happen. I feel like, I mean, even even as far as Australia, right? We have that event coming up in Perth. Um, I, I think it's pretty bad over there as well. Obviously, that's closer to uh, China and things like that. Like, it, it's just very hard to predict what's going to happen here. And um, yeah, I think I think people will look into the possibility of doing things behind closed doors. But uh, I, I don't know if it's feasible, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that will work. Um, obviously, that would be a better situation for the fighters um, if they can do that. So hopefully, some way, somehow, these events do go down. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely something that was talked about, but they couldn't get it over the line. Well, Jordan, what would you think of fighting in front of? Uh, I like we've talked about this for a while, like pretty much all last week. We like in the round the media, Shorty. What would you think about fighting in an empty arena? So I've actually done that a handful of times. Sadly, my first two or my only two UFC fights, I'm in the UFC Fight Pass prelims before ESPN <laughs> Plus. So there's practically no one there besides the judges. But I did fight at the first ever uh, United States Mixed Martial Arts Federation National Tournament, and it was so poorly organized. It was literally just the cage and a bunch of empty chairs in Vegas. And that was it. So anytime my coach said something, 100%, I heard him. Um, is it motivating? No. But it's still the same. And I actually, again, Tyron Woodley told me the same thing. He goes, don't be fearful in a fight because think about it. Whether there's a crowd, whether there's people, whatever the, whatever the case may be, whatever situation's outside the cage, there's still one person in front of you. And so that's all that matters. So for us as fighters, as long as we get paid and we get paid double the win or whatever the case, our paychecks are, you know, work out, I don't care. But obviously we want our friends or family there. We want to put on an entertaining show. And especially for myself, who wants to be the entertaining fighter, um, it does suck when, you know, something happens and you're like, yeah, and then you hear nothing in the background. So, um, you know, for me, it, it would suck, but I, I'd still have to get it done if I needed to. And there's actually tournaments here locally in Florida that are posting like hey we're still continuing the tournament we're still continuing whatever event we just have limited seating i don't know what that means when it comes to that and how they pick individuals to come on in is it the first come first serve do you need medical tests to come on in or whatever the case may be but some events are still trying to push through well i feel like we could keep talking we're gonna have to have a whole episode on this because it's only gonna get worse especially when the habib fight habib shot my question down real quick i, I actually feel bad I, I can understand where he's coming from you. he's like yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 like this fight, like it's it's not even going to be them this time if if it if it gets taken away. You know, it's like you can actually see the genuine concern in his face when you ask him that question. And as he says to you, he's a big European soccer fan. He knows what's going down over here. It, it's it's pretty hectic. And if you consider the amount of money that's that's on the that that's that's available through these big sporting events like European soccer and stuff like that. I can't imagine these decisions are made lightly, you know. So it's um, 
it is worrying, man. Like, I mean, this seems to be a real thing that people are talking about, this Brooklyn event. Um, is New York in a particularly bad way, or, or what's going it's, on? I mean, they, they do so, have some confirmed cases. In one hour before Dominic's media day kicked off, New York was put in a state of emergency. Whoa. Which is why I, I, that's what, I wasn't going to ask him about it being canceled. I was like, what if they move it? Like, what if they moved it to Las Vegas when you had, had told have, are adamant that you never want to fight in Las Vegas? Also, I just got a notification that the uh, Nets Warriors games, uh, NBA game, will have no fans on my phone. I literally just got that notification. So it's already happening in the United States. Like, uh, I don't know what was, I don't know the exact logistics, but the Arnold Classic was in Columbus, and they shut down the Expo, which is like the biggest yeah. part of the weekend. And then they were going to do like the pose down and everything for bodybuilding, like in a closed area. And it's like the same venue as UFC Columbus in a couple weeks. And now now the governor is saying, like, recommending no one go to events. So uh, this is going to hit the UFC a lot harder than people are – a lot harder than Dana White is letting on. Oh, well. I'm just really glad that I did this. Sorry, go ahead. Kate. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, that just came out, that news about the NBA um, basically having yeah. – game. Yeah. Because there were – it was rumors a couple of days ago, but now it's, it's official. So – I see. If this is true, there's, there's pretty much zero percent chance that Elite UFC 249 Brooklyn is going to be happening the same way. It still might happen, but not in the way that we normally see it. So UFC is going to have to come out with some sort of statement very, very, very soon. Wow. Well, the only the only way that uh, we were all, it was a joke a couple of months ago where I can't remember who said it. It was like the only way. Tony Ferguson versus Habib, or Habib versus Tony Ferguson, champ gets top billing, uh, doesn't happen is if there's a pandemic. And look what happened. Let's find so, that person and kill them. There's, there's, there's obviously yeah. the person Are that's annoying the Are they sponsored by Modelo? <laughs> <laughs> the, the coronavirus is sponsored by Modelo, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Modelo's doing work. They're trying to be the top game right now. <laughs> ah, amazing. Okay, got any more questions? I know we're running up on time right now. Okay, next question. Come on, a Yoana question. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn. Well, we, you can use that as your promo for yeah. sure. Uh, from Amy Wee, at actually, at actually Amy or Amy, Amy Wee. Do you think more fighters are going to fight outside the octagon at UFC events or actually learn from Ortega and other previous incidents? So, yes, I'm sure you guys heard. Brian Ortega went and slapped Jay Park, uh, uh, musician, entertainer, translator, or as he called him, instigator, uh, for supposedly mistranslating the Korean zombie or something. Uh, what'd you make of this situation with Pete? We'll start with you. Uh, the fallout from Ortega, he's now since apologized, uh, but he was carried away. That fight's going to happen. And people that have been listening to this show know You're how right. bad I want this fight. I've been tweeting about this fight for like five years. I <laughs> yeah. Fight fell apart. I got so many DMs being like, Jose, I found out this fight fell apart through my DMs on Twitter because people were like, Jose, I'm sorry for your loss. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, who died? And then all of a sudden, they're sending me, like, articles of this fight being canceled. And I'm like, I there's no, what is happening in the world right now? I'll, I'll cut my arm off for this fight. And it fell, it fell through. So, uh, Pete, I'll start with you. What do you make of the situation that we saw at UC 248 in the crowd? Yeah, look, look I think um, we kind of consume this stuff a lot different than you guys do, right? Because people understand what MMA there is in general. There's a it's a it's it's a legitimate sport for the most part in, in America, the way people look at it in Europe. We're still trying to get that footing to where it's appreciated in the same regard as boxing or the same regard as uh, as, uh, you know, soccer, rugby, all of this stuff. And and really, you know, I remember when the Habib situation happened with Connor, it had a detrimental effect on, on MMA over here and how it's perceived. You know, everybody was kind of saying, this is uh, WWE, uh, this is ridiculous. How could any uh, self-respecting promoter sell a fight um, on the back of this kind of hostility? Obviously, a lot of the things that McGregor was saying about Habib was, was very, very close to the skin, uh, things about his family and stuff like that. And basically, when we came home, the, the mainstream media here use that as an example of, look, we told you this was bullshit, and look, look what happened over there. This is a disgrace. We don't see this in other events, even though we do see other sporting events. They use it against the sport. They've used it to downgrade the sport. Um, look, 
over here, it has a big impact. Luckily for us, Brian Ortega isn't at the forefront of the sport in Europe, and this wasn't really picked up on by uh, mainstream news sites, etc. Like that, when McGregor does it, obviously it's huge. Um, you know, I think we we kind of we get a lot more impact from that stuff than you guys do, especially when a when a European fighter is involved. When it because so many people have been saying for so long that this sport is blood sport, it's violent, it only negativity can come from this. That that kind of stuff plays really badly um, when it goes down over here. So I, I don't really consume it the same way as you guys do, I don't think. Shorty, what were your thoughts on what went down in the crowd at UFC 248? I mean, I, I, I get it. Brian Ortega's from the hood. You know, I'm from Chicago, so I know how it is. You see Mazadal. Obviously, you get the wrong stare. You get the wrong smack talk. And I, I, I kind of get it, but you are in a professional setting. And for me, you're supposed to be a role model. But the worst case scenario or best case scenario is somehow, some way, the UFC always banks off of it. They're like, oh, no, no, no we're going to make a speech. I don't know if they made uh, a statement about it with Brian Ortega slapping this guy. But it's like usually with the whole Khabib thing, the Mazadal thing, the Conor McGregor and, and all this other stuff, they will belittle it. They'll talk smack and go, this is what you shouldn't do. And then I don't know if Conor McGregor's fighting Khabib. And it's like, oh, let's just show videos of him throwing the dolly. And oh, Absolutely. my God, this is going to be such a crazy event. And then now you're going to blame Khabib for, you know, kind of finishing the job when somebody started it. Dude, you guys mm. were in the middle instigating it to get more publicity and more fans and stuff like that. So is it good for the UFC? Possibly. He might not be the big bankable guy like Connor and Khabib and all this stuff. But as an outside fan looking in, it's childish. You know, again, you are supposed to be this respectful guy. And again, from what I know, Brian Ortega is a nice guy. He seems like a very genuine person. But that hood side came out of him is like, hey, man, you can't be saying certain things. Or if you're going to say it, say it to my face. Just like Mazadal, where he, you know, attacked uh, Leon Edwards with a three piece and, a, you know, some soda. It's just one of those things that you shouldn't be doing. But it's also the, the style of upbringing that they had. So it's like you can blame them, but you can't blame them. And I, I don't think it's it, it should be what it is. But you look at Kobe, you look at Henry Cejudo, you look at all these guys doing the wrestler speeches. Uh, okay, that's more of um, that's more of like you're, you're writing it down and you're coming up to, to make more money that way. But now actually trying to hurt people and trying to be the thug inside a professional setting, I, I just don't think that's a, a good thing to do. You may yeah, make a good point there, Jose, because um, uh, the the Leon Edwards thing that happened at a, a self-regulated event for the UFC, mm-hmm. so nobody could step in and find these guys. Obviously, there was a huge backlash from uh, the Las Vegas, the Nevada State Commission, with the the McGregor and Habib thing, but it really underlined the fact that UFC aren't really too mad at this kind of stuff when they just basically allow Leon Edwards to be assaulted and they just move on with their business. You know, like, it's unbelievable. But Conor McGregor gets assaulted and there's this Uh whole fiasco. But he just threw a dolly and hurt two people who I believe are still suing him. But no, no, we're going to have you main event. No problem. Come on, man. And (laughs) and that's one of those things. It's like in other jobs, if somebody complains, there's, you know, you're you're suspended or this or that. But they're like, oh, no, yeah, we're going to handle it. your main event your main event it's like that's that's not how it's supposed to work you know so it depends on who you are right now i don't believe the ufc has made a statement uh with the brian ortega and the whole situation but it depends on who you are what you do and what you can do to make a profit out of it and so far it hasn't really done stuff with the ufc but once that fight gets closer you're probably going to hear some stuff from the ufc promoting it that way so it's just one of those things where oh there's behind the stuff you know behind the scenes stuff happening but again it's just it's a professional setting. I don't think, I think with the whole Leon Edwards thing, I thought he was going to do that, you know, talk smack or even um, James Gallagher. You know, yeah, I get it. He, he grew up in the hood. He grew up some type of struggle too, but he's almost fighting every single person before the fight even starts. <laughs> I highly doubt, I highly doubt you're mad at everyone. There is no way you're mad at everyone before you fight them. You know, so it's one of those things that's like, some of it's a show, some of it could be real, but you know, with the whole, sometimes you just talk smack to the wrong person, Mazadal, Brian Ortega, or even Khabib, you, there's going to be some type of retaliation there. Well, I think Dana White's only statement was, uh, yeah, they're going to fight next. They have to fight next. I'm just like, yes, give it to me. <laughs> anyway, Casey, anything else you got? Hands oh, and I just want to say there is a 0% chance that when that little TMZ video in the crowd would not be used to promote the actual fight. So oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. absolutely. 
Um, I mean, Jay Park's probably going to be on stage (laughs) for like the weigh-ins and stuff. Anyway, go ahead, Casey. And since we are running low on time, um, I'm taking a video question from me to you guys. That co-main event, Waylee versus Joanna, was it awesome or was it totally (laughs) fucking awesome? How fucking awesome was that fight? For those of you you just listening, PT is literally vibrating and Shorty had to get up and walk away to like hype himself up. So yes, Shorty, I'll start with you or unless you or I'll start with PT so Shorty can get the last word in. Uh, We're not going short as tallest. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I'm sure I think. I think we we're gonna give you the last question because I don't think PT wants to follow up your comment, especially since you you trade with Joanna. Uh, Joanna and Jacek or Zhang Weili versus Joanna and Jacek is one of, if not the greatest fights I've ever seen in my entire entire life. I was octagon for that. I was about ten feet away from it, and after the first round, I turned to Sean Alshadi and the schmo who was also sitting to the left of me. I was like, I'm not scoring this. Like this is gonna be one of those fights. Like I don't know who's gonna win. But I'm not trying to score this. This is just this is gonna be a wood chipper versus like a power drill in there. It's unbelievable. So Pete, I'll start with you. What was going through your mind when you were seeing this absolutely uh, epic war, this instant classic going on in front of you? So here's the moist setting for this: is uh, it's 4:30 a.m. I'm at an Irish wedding. I'm shit faced. I'm watching it on my computer. My missus in bed asleep. And I'm trying to keep it down. But after everything's happened, I'm like, fuck, oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's like, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing, relax. And I'm just losing my mind watching it. And and the, the, like, I think it's one of the greatest fights ever, without a doubt. It's very hard for me to rank where it is, but it, absolutely unbelievable fight. And my big takeaway from it, and I've been saying this for a long, long time, a lot of people wrote off Joanna and Jacek. A lot of people did. She's one of the greatest fighters to ever come from Europe ever a lot of people questioned her chin look at the damage she took in that fight and was still standing at the end i think she'll forever be one of the greatest fighters in europe it doesn't mean anything to me that she didn't come away with her hand raised there Wiley Zhang is absolutely incredible too but um i think it's one of the best fights ever i can't remember being uh so involved with a fight as i was watching it like just like freaking out basically watching what was taking place um I can't wait for it to happen again, but it's 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 definitely one of the greatest greatest fights ever. And I, I've, I think it was very bad timing for Islam Makashev to put out that tweet when he did. Mm-hmm. I got to say it, man. It was like, what the hell? What the hell is going on here? How can you be watching this and kind of saying this is not a women's sport? I have no idea. If anything, it was all about the women's sport that night. Absolutely incredible. Joanna is a legend. She's one of the greatest fighters to ever come out of this continent and forever will be. Congratulations to Wiley Zhang, and I can't wait to see it again. Uh, Over to you, Shorty. (laughs) So, Shorty, I'm going to ask you specifically. You've posted photos with Joanna. Uh, When you're watching someone that you've put in time with on the mat and, like, you've seen the – You've seen the grind and the journey to get there. And then you see it not only a performance like that, it was a, like to call it a good fight would be an understatement. People are saying it's one of the greatest fights in mixed martial arts history. Her head is ballooned up, it's very swollen. She's trying to cover it. But what is going through your mind when this is happening? And then when she comes up short, like basically just try to put all of this whole experience into words. So I feel so bad for the memes because, again, you put on such a great performance and you look like that after. The memes, the internet always wins, which always sucks. Funny as hell, but it sucks. It's one of those things, man, for me, I am biased because I trained with her. I had to be Zang for certain periods of the time in the training camp during you know, certain situations. Her In the dorms here, we get a roommate sometimes if it gets too packed. My roommate was her uh, physical therapist, so I would ask every single day, how is she doing, whatever the case may be, and he would add, you know, we would converse about her every single day when it came to her weight cut, when it came to her training, what she's doing with Phil, how her body's feeling, and um, she even used my compression boots the week of Vegas. I'm like, I swear to God, if she wins, I better get a shout out, just anything. Like, thank you so much, Shorty, for the boots. All right, on to the, the more important people, but when you train with somebody and they finally put in all this hard work, when I say, man, you look at her strength and conditioning stuff with Phil Dalru and all that, like she, her output was ridiculous. But when you go again, saying who is just forward, forward, forward and cracks the way she does, especially if you're bringing a woman's straw weight, 
that's man, she took some blows and she was wobbled a couple times in the fight. The way I scored it, and I know people are gonna put in whatever, and I love to hear the comments. The way I scored it was one, four, five. Now, round one could have gone either way. The reason why I say that is because, and that's the hard part. I know Joe Rogan always talks about the judging and scoring system is how do you look at it? There was no takedowns in the first round, but what do you look at? The more precise, active fighter who's landing more or the person who's throwing less but landing more significant strikes. You know, so that was the part I looked at it as. Me, I like the more aggressive, the active person. And I think you want to, you know, won the first round, but that one could have gone either way. And that's why, you know, went to a split decision. I would love to see that fight being ran back, but man, Seeing how she pushed through through all those injuries, I'm pretty sure she broke her nose. I, I could be wrong. That hematoma just went across her whole face and her whole forehead. She completely looked like a different person. She looked like she got like stabbed or mercy on her forehead and just blew up. Like it looked like she got hit by a train, but she got hit by Zhang. It's just it's you feel so bad, but after you hear, I think uh, the coaches are telling me like, like two days later she was already out of the hospital. You know, Zhang was in there longer. Um, which is crazy for all those injuries. But, man, just looking at it respect-wise, as a fighter, I've broken my hand in a fight, and I've broken, I mean, I've torn my MCL. I know the pain of pushing through, but these are ligaments. These are bones. When you got something that's here, one, it, you bank off your looks. Two, this is all brain damage. You know, so will she fight again? Will she fight her next fight as aggressive as she did that first time? Will she even be able to perform the way she does? Is she cleared? Will she have CTE later on in her life? The way she fought, and even for Zhang, she took some some crazy shots as well. Both those women, even though it was, it was such an amazing fight, you have to look at long-term stuff of fan-wise. We definitely have to appreciate what they did because they put their lives on the line for that. You know, Maybe even after the fight, how bad you want to look, she could have been in the hospital for, for weeks, if not months. I mean, you hear, I think it was three boxers that died last year because of brain damage. How many shots did each other land in, in that fight? I know Zhang landed more head strikes and Yoana landed more body and leg kicks. But overall, they both took excruciating damage. And for Yoana getting hit most of the time in the head, that, that's, that's extremely worrisome. I'm glad she's okay and I'm glad she's doing whatever she's doing on vacation-wise. And I can't wait to see her fight again. But... As uh, a practice partner for her and teammate, it's dude, that stuff gets serious. And that's it, it was heart wrenching for me because you're just like, oh, and I'm biased. I'm like, I'm thinking she's winning every single round, but um, it is a scary fight. I thought she won. I know Connor said uh, he thought she won, and there was a bunch of other people, but again, Zhang, Zhang, you know, won. And they either way, whoever came out with the belt had they both had amazing performances. This, this is easily the best women's fight in history. And this is why I wanted Shorty to get the last word, and no, because no one's gonna follow that up. Dude, uh, it's, but... it's it's so crazy. Again, like the the damage we take. Hell, even when I got knocked out by Alex Perez, I took three months off because I didn't want to get hit in the head again. Like I was slurring my words after I was forgetting stuff. I even forget Jeez. stuff now, you know. So I can just imagine. I did that for three minutes and thirty seconds, and I took I think it was hundred and seven shots total, one hundred and three shots to the head. Just imagine she did that for five rounds and her head looked like she did, you know? So well, how, do, how does her brain look? So when, a, when it comes to all seriousness, at least uh, uh, health-wise, it is a, a crazy, crazy situation. But I'm glad she put on one hell of a damn performance. Yeah, as, Absolutely. as, as much as I love that fight, I am worried that this will be a um, Lawler versus Condit type of fight in the sense that it was freaking amazing. But I think we can all agree that Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condit weren't the same fighters after that fight. Mm. So never, never. So uh, I hope you're not right, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point to make, and, and Shorty's can make it way better than all of us in terms of he's been in there and absolutely agree with you. But um, just blown away by the two of them. Um, and, and Zhang, like for me, I think Joanna, um, it, like she gives you a double test because the way she's so intimidating in the lead up to the fight, you could tell that. Uh, Wiley had never dealt with something like that. Someone getting in their face and, you know, really bringing that aggression. Remember when she told her to shut up? She still seemed a bit uneasy. She was like, shut up. And Joanna's just like, ah. You know, it's, it's a completely different ball game. And Joanna brings that to the table. And, and people that, like get on, get on her sometimes about those face-offs. But don't lie to me. You are 100% more interested in this fight after she does that. She brings so much to the table, man. She's, she's honestly a legend, one of the greatest of all time. 
Um, and, and that fight just underlined it. I've always felt that way, but that fight uh, underlined it for a lot of people. And let's hope that that Casey um, isn't right about the the Lawler and and um, Condit situation. But without a doubt, you know, I do feel as though uh, fans don't recognise the toll that these athletes are, are putting on their bodies for us and for our enjoyment. Um, it, it's absolutely it flies under the radar with them completely. And that's why I get a bit pissed off when people are giving out about Israel and Yoel. When you've seen what Yoel has done to the guys with one single shot, like. If I'm Izzy, I'm absolutely trying to stay away from that. Look at what happened when he got hit with one left hand. It made perfect sense to fight like that, to be honest. And, you know, and it's crazy because, again, one, you to, to lead up after that is horrible. And if I were one of them, I'm like, damn it, no matter if I knock the guy on the first round or the last round, it, it's not going to be that. It's so hard to get two fights exactly like that on a card. But I'm, I'm going to go the conspiracy side. I'm going to go the crazy side here. The UFC needed Zhang to win. They 100% needed her to win. If Yuana would have won, who would she fight next? Does she get the automatic rematch? Does she fight Rose next? Does she fight the winner between Rose or whoever she's fighting next? You know, So it's the case of they needed Zhang to win, especially with everything happening in China right now. The UFC having a UFC PI in China. Um, and, and when it comes to the marketing side, they were banking so much on Zhang being this, the next big star. You know, and having the possible, you know, uh, great fight against Rose Namajunas. And that's something that they're waiting on for. But everyone who belittled Joanna, Young Jacek, uh, before this fight, they're definitely not doing it after it. Idiots. Well, for we're going to have to wrap it up because we went a little longer. But I wasn't going to try to cut either of you guys off on those epic promos. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do promos this week, considering Shorty had a phenomenal promo for his teammate, uh, Joanna and Jacek. And uh, Pizza gave us... And, Phenomenal insight on the, how the coronavirus is uh, hitting your, the Europe scene and not just MMA, but all of life. So uh, you can find this video, the replay of this video on our YouTube channel, of course. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us again, Shorty. I know you're in the middle of camp. Uh, you're well, not how do you want to well, get after your fight? I don't have one of those. I need one of those. Just saying, and monster guys make this happen. I love Let's you. Let's get him some crystals. Let's get that man some crystals. Hey, Jessica, crystal queen, get this man some crystals for Christ's sake. Oh, there you have it. But for Jose, that's Shorty, <laughs> that's Pizzi, we're out. Nice one, Shorty. That was class. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.